You are listening to Vintage House on WNUR with DJ Lori Branch, Kevin Mega McFall, and Lauren Lori. This episode, we're going to talk about the importance of house journalism as I got a very early start in my house career as a publicist pitching to many of the media outlets covering dance music. So we'll get a couple of founders of current house media uh, platforms, as well as one former billboard reporter joining us tonight. I want to thank uh, both Black Widow and CZ Boogie for joining us on tonight's episode of Vintage House. And I absolutely, first and foremost, want to give you the opportunity to tell people where they can check out uh, your publications. How do they get to you, Black Widow, on the web? Uh, you can find me on the web at my website, uh, www.blackwidowsweb.com. That's B-L-K, widowsweb.com. And it is Black Widows Web on all social media as well. All right, all right. What about you, CZ Boogie? Um, yeah, so we used to be 5chicago.com. That was our little tagline, but... Um, and you can still go there, like uh, five, the number five, Chicago.com. But now it's shorter, and you can go to fivemag.net. Fivemag.net and blackwidowsweb.com. B-L-K, widowsweb.com. That's right. Do we have Gary back? I'm back. All right. Can you hear me? How are you, sir? I'm good. And yourself? Good, good. Thanks for joining us. We had check-ins already from Danielle and Zarina. And so you're up. Uh, Tell us a little bit about who you are. Obviously, no stranger to the Vintage House Show. Uh, But tell us a little bit about what you've been up to and your past history regarding house journalism. Um, right now, working with Terry Hunter and uh, Eric Walden, Tease Box, and Mirabal Recordings, and uh, doing a monthly party down here in Charlotte uh, called The Release Party. The Release. Um, That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, just, you know, man, trying to keep things moving, living that house music scene, you know? Understood. And you have a history, though, in house journalism. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, with the billboard thing, man, um, was that 1990? Kevin, you got me going way back, bro. Um, it was the 90s, yeah. Uh, more <laughs> like mid, mid to late 90s, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, basically, that, that was like right. <laughs> <laughs> so he, that basically was um, a major record label thing. Um, 
They had billboarders that was uh, billboard uh, DJs that was basically all across the United States, all 50 states. And we basically put together uh, a DJ chart and it was comp- compiled uh, through Billboard magazine. And uh, did you focus on just one specific chart or was it um, the Hot 100? What was that chart? It was the it was the top twenty, top twenty for R and B, dance, or multiple genres. Dance, dance, yeah. dance music. Yeah. Uh, does that chart still exist? To your knowledge, yes, it does. Okay, yeah, it does. Uh, you it's wouldn't happen to know the current number one, would you? <laughs> no, <laughs> put my man. Gary on the spot, it's, my bad. It's pretty uh, much an online magazine now, so, you know, the paper thing has been gone. Yeah. Oh. And so that's a, you know, a clear, uh, smart business move that uh, both Serena and uh, Danny, uh, they took to the web. I think, Danny, your was a... Um, a digital first, right? Magazine or digital yeah. only? Digital only. Black Widow's web, the blog. Um, yep. And as Zarina shared, she published uh, in print for a while. But uh, how many years ago was it that you switched to online only? It was um, well, what, two two years ago. Um, after we were thirteen years in. But it was, um, honestly, I think we should have, my business partner always encouraged me to try to go digital way earlier because we were one issue a month every month and it was free. And now we're two digital digital issues a month. But um, just like, I just remember having like boxes and boxes of magazines and the trunk of my car and having to drive around to all the nightclubs and dropping them off and all the stores and you know, we'd have to mail them out to subscribers. And it was just such such a hard thing to do. Now that like, we're digital, it's, it's like a party. It's like, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> well, no more print. <laughs> so distribution was certainly a, a challenge um, before. Laborious, yeah. Just, yeah. just so much of your time, you know? So earlier, before you guys joined, I showed um, off a, a copy of Dance Music Report. This was a an early um, publication out of New York. This issue is, um, oh, wow, wow. Ironically, I just realized <laughs> the March 5th through March 18th um, issue of Dance Music Report, 1983. Wow. Who's, uh, you can do that calculation. That was uh, 30 some odd years ago 27 27 years ago 37 years ago was it 30 (laughs) i i don't know Uh, my math isn't so good um nonetheless these magazines were um distributed via u.s um postal service there's a first class mail uh label on it and certainly the costs of printing, mailing, 
start to skyrocket and impacted magazines. But for each of you, what was the importance that you published anything about this uh, genre that we all know and love? What was that motivation? Um, Danny, why don't you go first? Uh, honestly, the inception of Black Widow's Web was literally to promote myself as an artist, but I'm also a lover and fan of the music and a writer. And as I was going out, I just started to feel like our, our story now, this particular era that we're in has not been told. So I wanted to start sharing the stories of the parties and the culture and the DJs that were contributing to the scene right now. There are so there are documentaries and books about the inception of the house music scene, but then it stops at a certain point. So I wanted to continue that conversation and to continue documenting our history, particularly DJs and artists and producers and parties that were on the South side. So that was actually the motivation to, to turn the website from something focused on my artistry to actually something focused on the culture. Absolutely, and it's uh, done an amazing job at continuing to help elevate uh, the culture. And the same for uh, Five Magazine. But what was what was that spark for you, Zarina? Uh, it was the, the exact same thing, actually. But the funny thing is, and I can admit it now, is um, I started out as just a dancer in the scene, and so I would go to parties, but I didn't know any of the DJs. I, I didn't know any of the people in the group. Or, like, I didn't know the people going to the parties. I was completely ignorant of that. Um, so when I started, because it was kind of the same reasons that Danielle wanted to, just to document the scene that you love so much, I started pretty green, and I, w I had to start out, okay, well, who are our favorite DJs? You know, we had to collect a crew of about seven people that were like, you know, we had just a bunch of different people, dancers and uh, DJs to help uh, start off the magazine. Um, mm -hmm. And what was I trying to say? So, so, so I remember a lot of people saying, who's this girl from the Philippines who's trying to come into our scene and write about our, our like, you know, who was this girl? And rightfully so at the time, you know, I was just this newcomer. But I love the music so much, and our crew loved the music so much that we fought for it. And luckily, there were people early on with the magazine that accepted us and respected us. People like Frankie, immediately, he was one of the first people to buy advertising with us. Mm. And he gave one of our writers an interview, and so, you know, Steve Phil Curley. So we're thankful for that, that there are some people who decided to give someone like myself a chance. Because I don't know how to when I started, you know. Well, again, I, you know, I'm okay <laughs> with the modesty, given that I've been humbled by all of the creative talent that has joined us on air uh, tonight. You guys are um, definitely in incredibly powerfully creative. Um, so I hear your humility, but know that you are uh, certainly not nobody. Um, oh no! But thank you for having. I appreciate you having us. <laughs> Founders Plus Real Estate is a proud sponsor of Vintage House. Founders Plus 
real estate advisors for professionals. Visit us at findersplus.com. Can you guys share uh, a little bit of, about how you came to be writers and, and storytellers? Did you go to school for it? Did you, is it just something that you had such a passion for that you uh, learned how to do it or um, someone uh, mentored you through the process? Just share a little bit about how it happened for you. Well, I am not, I did not go to school for um, writing or journalism. I actually have a, my background is in business and finance, but I always had a passion for writing. And I grew up in a family full of artists, um, musicians, uh, actors. Um, so I've been around creative people my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I think... Um, I always use writing as an outlet um, for me personally. And then it kind of grew into writing about the things that I was passionate about. And as I became older and very much disillusioned with um, corporate America, that pull to continue writing and doing more, um, it just grew. And I think... I think in initially I didn't write out of fear um, of making money and uh, sustaining myself and making a living because I watched artists in my family struggle for so long. So I kind of went the corporate route. But like my dad would always say, you know, if it's something that's in you and something you want to do, it won't let you go. And that was definitely what happened. I've been writing for so long. And once these opportunities started to present themselves, it just flourished from there. So, awesome. And uh, Gary, are you back? Not yet, Zarina. Go for it, Gary. Um, <laughs> so I uh, I grew I grew up in, in the Philippines, and just so you know, I don't know if people know it. I didn't come here until the 90s. I'm dating myself. Um, I went to Northwestern and I, I majored in theater because I really, I really wanted to be an actress. So I went that route for a long time. I did films, I did theater, and then I eventually um, wrote a couple of my own plays. So that's my training, so to speak, in writing. Yeah. But I, I always loved uh, writing, even in, in school, in high school, in college. You know, that, that was just a side hobby that I enjoyed. My other partner, who is my managing editor in the magazine, his name is Terry Matthew. He um, is a brilliant writer, and he he has had he has done tons of different publications and writes for different organizations and magazines and such. So it was actually his idea for us to to do a magazine together, and so that was you know so that is my like right hand man pretty much and and that's kind of how it, it went from you know like let's do this from me being you know an actress and a dancer to just jumping in and starting a publication out of nowhere nice the, these stories are um certainly at the most organic level right grassroots and there's so much power in that because it's very much aligned you know with the genre of house music what is it about telling the stories of of house music DJs, producers, artists that 
you know, gives you um, a lot to work with, really, is, is the question. Um, you know, the story... You just kind of, um, you just kind of like, sorry not to interrupt you, but it no. is kind of like a thing of where you just, even though there's no background, because there really isn't a whole lot of stuff uh, predating all of this stuff, like Danielle said, there, there were music magazines, but they were like bigger, like DJ Mag and Mix Mag, and they talked about every genre of electronic music. So sometimes you find your niche and you just kind of have to just do it, even though there was no path set before you to do it. Right. And then, yeah. Yeah. Make, mix Mag, this was a supplement to uh, Mix Mag out of the UK uh, called mm-hmm. Mix Mag Update. This is dated July of 1989. It looks like um, Gary's back and and he joined us again. Gary, uh, we were just talking about what is it about house music that um, makes it so compelling to tell uh, the stories. And and Zarina just uh, summarized it very nicely. But um, tell us your house music story. How did you even get into it? Oh man, um, I started going to uh, AKA um, early early eighties. Um, Matt Warren and uh, I just kind of got drawn in. Was it the the rhythm, the four on the floor, the experience of um, you know being in a room with people? Uh, just letting themselves go. You know, we talk uh, about so just m- more so the energy. You know, yeah. Everybody just getting along, having fun, enjoying the music. You know, that's an interesting point. You know, mm-hmm. we take for granted that house is a genre of of love and peace and and spirituality. Um, how much of that? is ever discussed in your respective media outlets? Or do you guys just, you know, talk about the releases and and the artists and their appearances? Or have you covered the fact that, you know, there's really a, uh, along with the enjoyment of the music, it is spiritual, it is unifying, it is peaceful. You know, there's never usually an issue when you go and enjoy a uh, a house music event, I think that's the the literal root of my website of Black Widow's Web. We really want to go beyond just talking about a track or uh, a music, uh, a, a particular sound. We really want to capture the energy of that community because the house scene is a community and it is a culture that is rooted in certain principles. And even when we cover events or interview artists, we like to go beyond the actual music that's being put out there and talk about their contributions to a scene that has evolved um, from basements to literally being worldwide. And I also like to capture the dancers who actually make the parties, the dancers, the mood of the, the camaraderie, the, the hugs and 
all the friendships that you make in that scene. So I I think covering this music, it's it's a beautiful thing to talk about the music and the artistry. But what I like to hope is that Black Widow's Web captures the actual culture um, that this scene has been for years. Well said, well said. And, um, you know, that leads us to a, an important point. We certainly can't um, go too deep in the show without acknowledging uh, where we are currently as a society. Uh, you know, the world is on pause to some degree. Uh, people are uh, doing their best to uh, retain a sense of, of normalcy here, but it's important. Um, you know, we have created uh, an important movement and, and elevated this uh, culture, and it's more important than I think ever before in the history of House, right? To keep doing this, keep promoting the music, the peace, the um, you know soul of this community. I know Gary, you mentioned it. Uh, earlier, what are you doing with uh, release in in the time of you know this pandemic? Man, it's it's pretty dry. Everything is uh, pretty much closed up down here. Um, we just kind of on hold. I mean, we in uncharted territory. I I don't even know. You know, I don't even know if the venue that I have is going to be around. You know, because it's a small business. Wow. Well, we're, we're certainly um, going to uh, continue to operate in faith and, um, and positive energy and hope uh, that, you know, the efforts that have been undertaken thus far will be able to continue uh, all of the positive uh, experiences that uh, have been created. Um, Zarina, how has... Uh, our current situation affected you and five uh, magazine. Are you still on the same publishing schedule? Uh, what are your interviews like? Talk a little bit about that. Well, I don't know if I should be saying this. I, I guess I could. I don't, it's just it's like, well, the funny thing is a lot of other publications, a lot of the ways that they make money is uh, through, through ticket sales and through advertising from different events you know, whether it's a festival or a nightclub. And thankfully, we started moving away from that business model. We still do advertising, of course, we accept it, but most of it is really based on the articles that we write and getting content out there and getting subscriptions. So um, we are actually untouched by this. And if, in fact, it kind of helps us because more people are indoors. So they have more time to read and, you know, educate themselves, you know, read articles, get involved, listen to mixes, all that good stuff. So we are lucky. Danielle, do you have uh, thoughts? Well, our website, uh, we're not covering, uh, obviously, live events. Um, right now, we have a couple of interviews that are scheduled, but mainly since most of our uh, work is done on social media, we've been sharing music. We've been sharing the music of the Chicago DJs and um, otherwise who have actually taken to their studios and are doing live mixes. We've been sharing music because I think it's important to balance 
the the fear and the panic that's out there right now with something a little more encouraging and hopeful and uplifting. So that's the the one thing about this music that has always been the case, that it's always uplifting, provides hope, encouragement, a little bit of refuge from all of the kind of doomsday kind of reporting that's happening um, with uh, this pandemic. And obviously I'm on both sides since I'm a reporter for the paper as well. So um, I've had a front uh, a front seat to some of the information coming out there. So I just think it's important to continue to use music as that great unifier, as that great uplifter, um, because at this point we're all being affected by it and we can all use just a little moment of, of rest and refuge away from it. I, I love that rest and refuge and you can find it in, in house music again. And by the way, uh, I was listening earlier this evening uh, to a friend of Vintage House, uh, DJ Immaculate, had a release of a mix on uh, the Five Magazine uh, mm -hmm. website, in fact. Um, I got to say, uh, Tease Box has uh, sort of taken over Vintage House tonight. <laughs> uh, Gary. Hi, Terry. Hi, Eric. Hi, Jesse, Alan, Reggie. Gary and E popped in. I just okay, they are listening and tuned in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Eric. Terry. Uh, Linda. Definitely, we're looking forward to trying to get down uh, there to the festival, Imagine the Music Festival for uh, with the Vintage House team. And uh, Danielle, we're going to make some magic happen with that. I uh, can tell you that the festival is very much still happening. Um, it's very much still happening. The lineup is incredible. The surprises coming are going to be amazing. So I am looking forward to it. And I think after we get through this pandemic, we'll all be in great need of a vacation. So I no definitely doubt. encourage people to um sign up and and join us in the dr i think we'll all need it <laughs> uh, absolutely yeah come to dominican republic uh i got my shit ready i'm ready oh sorry am i also cursed wait this is online hey, we're, we're on air we're we <laughs> my bad oh whoops. we chloe's gonna hit the dump button in the studio <laughs> i forgot i was like oh this is online but yes i mean i'm so excited for dominican republic so everyone please join us there it's going to be so much fun it um, really is that's excellent so one of the things i wanted to understand and help our audience understand for those who may not have been covered yet in five magazine or on black widow's web how do we pitch you how do we convince you that we have a compelling enough narrative that you should include us in your publication. Uh, who goes first? Danielle. Yep, you first, Danielle. It's very simple. Um, I always tell people if you have events, uh, if you have new music, um, if you're an artist that wants um, uh, some exposure and uh, in an interview, we'll be more than happy to kind of review everything. Just send it to my email, blackwidowsweb at gmail.com. Uh, we take submissions and review them weekly. 
And uh, for Five Magazine, Serena? Yes. So um, if you have an event, we do have an event calendar that we would be more than happy to list it and give a blurb about it. Um, if you have music that you are interested in us reviewing, um, please send it uh, to fivemag.net slash submit. So that's the number five. Fivemag.submit. It gives you all the guidelines. Please, um, we get over 500 submissions a month, so we can't always review people, but our, we would love to. Uh, and if you want us to write about you, uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> um, here's what we have to say about that. We would love to ha have something newsworthy to write about. You know, being yes. a DJ, right, thank you, for like, you know, 75 years. We need more than that. You know, maybe we yep. need releases, maybe you're throwing a festival, maybe you invented like some kind of uh, vinyl machine or something. It's something that we can write about other than, you know, the, the same old, same old. Right, Danielle? Absolutely. We definitely, even with our interviews, we like to interview people who are making contributions to the scene, who are pushing the culture right. forward. Absolutely. So I, I need to be very clear that um, do you have to be a a big name DJ, no, but you do need to be somebody who is innovative and different and um, doing something positively in this scene. Kevin, are you back? I got a thing that says he's back. I don't know. Oh, there he is. Oh, you... I'm muted. Okay. Stuff is going to happen. <laughs> and it just did, but we're back because... Yay. I wasn't a writer when I was in undergrad. Um, I was actually a computer science major. So technology is something, you know, I, I like to fidget with and experiment and um, sometimes it doesn't like me. But anyway, we're back. We got this. Uh, I did write a number of great articles and bios and press releases. And um, yeah, you did. What we thanks, Gary. Uh, thanks for that validation. <laughs> but what we were just talking about was the process of the pitch, and everyone had a mm -hmm. particular, um, you know, consideration mm -hmm. uh, about how you um, certainly would approach someone to get published or to get coverage for them. Uh, tell me about that process today. Do you actually get pitched by publicists? Or are artists, DJs coming to you directly without representation, without that know-how of, you know, understanding that what they have to share is truly newsworthy or not? Who wants to tackle that? <laughs> I think that'd be one for the girls. <laughs> I'll, I'll answer it for, I'll start. Um, we get, like, my inbox, I... It's, I get like about 50 pitches a day from just publicists and um, it's a lot. And I know that um, it's kind of like, but it's almost like a, a blanket. It's a, what do you call it? A mass mail out. You know, some of them are personalized. I know some of the publicists, but you can't say yes to everybody. And mm. you know, these are artists who are paying for publicists to represent them. And from my experience, 
And Terry, especially my partner, can't stand publicists because a lot of times they're pitching you the story with the artist. And then you do a story, but then they, we want you to push the artist. If we do a story about you, you need to get it out to your fans and get it out to your people so that we get something out of that too because we want people to read about you in our magazine, if that makes sense. So um, whether it's the artist or the publicist, we just want to know that when we write about you, it's not going to be a, a dead article because we are for the culture, but we also want to make sure that the article doesn't fall on deaf, deaf ears, on blind eyes. Does that make sense? This has been uh, an amazing conversation. You guys have been sharing some great insights. Uh, I'm going to put you all on the spot further and ask you about some of uh, the favorite um, artists or at least interviews that you've had over time. Uh, interested in, again, Gary still uh, understanding what it was like to be a billboard reporter, how you got um, pitched and uh, what were some of those records that you might remember or recall that were in fact um, incredible stories that uh, were associated with some of those uh, pitches. Did you did you ever chart your own music, or was that a conflict of interest? And let's talk about the conflict. <laughs> no, I did. Um, that whole billboard thing. It was a whole lot of politics involved in that. Um, politics and house journalism. Sure <laughs> <we need> <laughs> yeah, because it's like um, you would get so much pressure put on you to chart certain records and. You know, you try and maintain all your good relationship with different uh, labels and everything. And if you didn't, if you know, if they gave you a record that they were really trying to push because they boss was on them and you really wasn't playing it, but, you know, they really wanted you to put it on their chart, they would do, man. I remember one time um, I got sent a pair of tickets for uh, Whitney Houston, Madison Square Garden. Wow. Wow. And I, I wasn't playing the record, but he's like, wow. you, if you put this record number one on your chart, <laughs> the tickets are yours, you know. I mean, they would send you jackets. It, I mean, it, you would, so, man, it was crazy. Wow. It, was, it literally was payola, you know. <laughs> wow. Miss me. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that back when I, I had some tremendous relationships and I still do to this day with a lot of those cats so man yeah a lot of those guys yep so yep. what were what were some of the uh, favorite interviews that you Zarina uh, and Danny have have had in, in recent times oh wow um I actually had a very fun interview with Mike and Mike Dunn and Terry Hunter where they turned the tables and interviewed me. Ah, uh, tell us about that. And their questions, like <laughs> their questions were crazy, but I love them so much just because um they really have watched my evolution as a writer and an artist. So they were able to really give an in-depth article. <laughs> Um, that was different. So we called it the tables turn. <laughs> nice. 
Nice. I like that story. Um, Terry and Mike are good guys. Um, Zarina, what about you? And mm-hmm. Five Magazine. What uh, should well, we go to the archives and check out? For uh, wait, what, what did you ask me again? What What were some of your favorite artists or DJs or interviews in general that you uh, had over the years? I mean, everyone was different. Everyone was really interesting. You know, I, I liked... Um, I mean, obviously, I'm biased. You know, I think my favorite interview that uh, still gets shared is uh, with Frankie Knuckles that he helped do for us when we did the uh, five-year anniversary of Five Magazine. Um, I did what I did was I interviewed forty Chicago producers and did video interviews with them. Mm. So um, the Frankie Knuckles one really resonated. Um, he said, you know, every time he speaks, he says like stuff that's quote worthy for many years to come about music. Um, so I'm very sentimental and you know, he's my favorite. So that's my favorite, (laughs) but I love everybody, but I love everyone. I I think the cool thing about like doing these interviews, like I really get to get inside the creative mind of DJs and producers. So everybody's creative process is different. So Mm -hmm. artists as a fan and as a writer, I get so much out of the the interviews that I do because it's always a different creative gem um, that you take away. And I've been very fortunate to interview some some really amazing and talented people and have actually learned from them just through doing these interviews, just how they approach uh, the art of music making or the art of songwriting or the art of performing um, or even the business of, of house music differently. So I, I think documenting and being a house music writer and journalist gives you so much insight um, and a more of appreciation. Yeah, it's inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Do do you ever get anyone who um, sitting through an interview and says, okay, this is off the record and (laughs) you actually, you know, take, take them off the record or um, do you take what they say anyway in publishing? No, I, I honor, I honor. If, if, if certain things are off the record, you want to establish trust um, with the people that you interview. Yeah. And if they trust you enough to tell you certain things off the record, then I definitely honor that. Yeah. Zarina. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Of course. I yeah. yeah. I mean Uh-oh. Oh no. We lost Serena. <laughs> oh man, that question was deadly. Oh my god. <laughs> we lost her. But um Gary, you know, I appreciate you sharing your story about the um you know challenges with the pressures of getting records charted um tell us a a little bit if you would about um you know how do you get and pick releases today 
when you're programming a mix, you know, as um, one of the DJs on tonight's guest panel. Man, I'm back. I'm back. Did you? Did you, <laughs> did you hear my answer? I said no. I've never done this, you know, off the record, right? I didn't want to make sure I didn't just like lose you guys and be like, oh, she's bogus. <laughs> right now, we we talked with the question, made you jump ship, and uh, abandoned the rest of the interview. But I'm glad you're back. <laughs> I am back. I'm back. And, and Gary was just telling us about um, sort of as a DJ, and you can address this too, Zarina. Um, how do you decide what to program in the mix? Is it just that you go through the music discovery process? Do you rely on charts that are compiled on uh, platforms like Track Source and, and Beatport, or, or um, do you have those relationships where people are, um, you know, putting MP3s in, in your Dropbox. How does that work? I would say it's a little bit of everything. Um, mm-hmm. I try and keep my ear up to, like, what's going on. I'll, like, listen to, um, listen to Terry, Louie, um, Span, and then I'll also go through my email and uh, see what folks have sent mm-hmm. and just play it by ear. You know, if I think something's hot, I'll add it and, and go from there. want to uh, take a quick station break to uh, let everyone listening know that we're tuned in on WNUR 89.3 FM in HD1, Evanston, Chicago. Yeah. You're tuned in to the Vintage House Show. Your host, Mega, in studio uh, well, normally we'd be doing the show in studio, but we are practicing social distancing and uh, we have amazing guests talking about house journalism. And before we get too far down the hour, uh, I also want to recognize the fact that this is Women's History Month and we have two incredible women in uh, the house music genre that we want to you know, celebrate um, that are guests, and then I also want to celebrate uh, my co-host and Vintage House crew and DJ Lori Branch, our super duper producer uh, Lauren Lowry, and our hey, Lori. that's in studio Miss Chloe uh, Forte, uh, for which if um, she wasn't there, the show would only be Facebook uh, live stream. So uh, shout out to, to Chloe. We appreciate you. Uh, and, and so um, switching gears a little bit to uh, Black, um, not Black History Month, Women's History Month. <laughs> uh, Black Widow Web founder, uh, Danny, uh, I, and I want to ensure that I get the last name that's right. <laughs> but Danny, how have you been celebrating Women's History Month? And is uh, is there coverage on the site on Black Widow's web that speaks a little bit uh, to uh, the importance of uh, recognizing the contributions of women this month? Uh, there is not any uh, this month. I've been kind of busy with a festival uh, coming up in December or in. Oof. 
who in Dominican August, Republic? But we are going to rerun our Women's History Month series that we did have, uh, where I was able to sit down with some of the incredible women, Lady D, DJ Alicia, uh, DJ Miss Nikki, and rerun some of those um, interviews that I did with them. So right now I'm I'm struggling to find a little balance, but <laughs> as most women do, uh, multiple uh, juggling multiple biz- businesses. But that's what we'll be having this month. Dope, dope, um, Zarina. Live magazine, Women's History Month. Yes. Well, uh, you know, we we don't have anything specifically for Women's History Month, but we do celebrate women a lot. We um, we try to write about as many women DJs and producers, women identifying DJs and producers. Right. So uh, we don't pick a specific month. It's just all the time. Yep. As it should be. As it should be. And... Uh, and so as we begin to wind down, because I did promise you uh, that our show would run uh, through the top of the 11 o'clock hour, uh, this being the Philosophical Grooves edition of Vintage House, we always take the time to ask our guests some rather philosophical questions, because again, house is a movement. It's a spiritual thing, right? This is house music. And so I, in my journey through house, have um, always thought about it in philosophical terms. So for um, anyone, the first question, can you have uh, happiness without sadness? Who wants to tackle that one? Oh boy! <laughs> I'm I'm I'm, I'm stepping. There is no right or wrong answer, by the way. Um, I think you. No, I think you can have happiness without sadness. Um, I think happiness is a choice. Um, so in spite of certain things, considering. Even what we're dealing with now with this pandemic, you can wake up every day and choose to be happy. Mm. Like that. Does somebody else also want to share their perspective on that? Or should we go to question number two? (laughs) Next. (laughs) (laughs) Question question number two. Okay. All right. Um, in a similar uh, comparative analysis approach, what is the truth and is it the same as reality? Truth and reality, are they parallel? Gary or Zarina, to you. Jesus, you did not put this in the email that you were going to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's totally spontaneous. <laughs> now you're revealing part of the vintage house pre production work that goes on. Oh my gosh, we my do. brain hurts. Scary. <laughs> we do truth, truth and reality. Yes. Oh, Something 
45 knows nothing about. I'm sorry. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. That's like like smoking mirrors, bro. Right. (laughs) Oh, man. Hmm. Is truth the same as reality? I would say in some cases, yes, but I can also flip it and say, no, it isn't. Because, I mean... So sometimes that's, that's that's like a trick question. <laughs> None of these questions have resolute, definitive answers. The challenge to our guests on this um, edition of Vintage House is to uh, certainly uh, demonstrate to our audience that we we think house is a thoughtful movement. Um, and it is one that, again, is closely tied to life's uh, philosophies and how people operate. So uh, last question uh, for the evening for our philosophical uh, question. So related to uh, house music, the question is, when did everything really began? Did it begin when you woke up this morning? Did it begin when you were born? When did everything truly begin? Okay. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) When did it begin? I feel like I need a drink for this question. <laughs> yeah, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like, Great sound. Where the henny at? Right. Canadian uh, music publication of the past. Um, DJ's journal, music, media, hardware, and style. I'm going to let you guys off the hook. As thank you so much. Go down. Yeah, thank you for this opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. There's a couple of other magazines that um, really uh, begin to uh, create the narrative. We are um, a better culture because you publish uh, the work that you, you do, that you cover this genre. And so we're uh, certainly expressing our great appreciation um, all of I have our something partners. to say. I have something to say. Can I say something? Yes, go for it. I'm raising my hand. I just wanted to say because I don't think we properly answered your question. Because in regards to getting into a publication, you know, whether it's Danielle's or mine, or you know, in general, um, is is to have a story, is to have something that you can pitch that's different. Because it put yourself in the reader's point of view and say, okay, I'm. Uh, I enjoy house music. What would I like to read about? Do I want to read about another DJ that has a new mix out? Or do I want to read something that's maybe more compelling? You know, just put yourself in that kind of mindset and maybe that'll help you pitch your story. And lastly, or secondly and lastly, just because you were never covered in a publication does not mean or devalue your worth as an artist or as a DJ you are, could still be absolutely fabulous and incredibly important. There are so many factors that go into what makes 
a publication cover one artist and not the other. Some of it is just completely random, you know, so never take it personally. And I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for adding that perspective. Well, I just said. wanted to say that. Am I right, Danielle, or am I wrong? It's very accurate. <laughs> okay. Very Thank accurate. You. Well said. Well said. There are, Thanks, um, Gary. There are a number of platforms. And just as our uh, magazine founders did themselves, sometimes you have to um, take the uh, will or the, uh, yeah, the will of the car yourself and drive down that road and create something that you believe uh, might uh, meet your goals and objectives. Uh, but otherwise, these people are obviously very collaborative. Um they have uh, embraced this genre for a reason. They're passionate about it. And so I want to, again, take the opportunity to thank all of our guests. Uh, Zarina's CZ Boogie. Hey, thank you. Danny, Danielle Sanders, Black Widow. Black thank you Widow. so much. <laughs> thank you. And my man, DJ Gary Wallace, former billboard reporter, uh, pr promoter of the release in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, former principal at Mirage Entertainment, and um, all of you, I'm looking forward to, uh, again, celebrating this genre with you. Don't leave team back the mirror ball out, that's my boy. Ah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't bring. I did not bring out the mirror ball uh, tonight, but I do have our <laughs> patented uh, signature. This was a hot show, uh, so it was a red alert <laughs> show. Mega's philosophical cruise edition of Vintage House. We're uh, taking you out with a masterful mix from CZ Boogie. Uh, thanks everyone oh. for tuning in. Thank you for having hey, us. Kev, I Thank need you. one of the dance music report shirts, man. Ah, I, <laughs> I'll have to make up a whole new batch. <laughs> That's retro right there, bro. Man, I um, I pulled this out from some drawer that I had no idea what was in, um, but I had to represent um, house journalism. It is a powerful thing. Please support yes. house media. We'll post all of the links on the Vintage House page and Mega Presents Philosophical Grooves and on my uh, personal page, as well as those uh, guidelines for submission. So, again, thanks for sharing those. And, again, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. It's uh, about 11.15. Please stay safe. Stay well. Uh, stay in as we battle through. Our Watch your hands. Out. That's right. <laughs> Wash your hands. <laughs> 40 seconds is the uh, new guy. 40. Soap. <laughs> we'll see you on Dominican Republic. That's right. We are. Yeah. Latino music. Yes, sir. To another episode of the Ben and Chow Show. On Thank you, Kevin. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye, right, everybody. Guys, be good. Stay safe. Bye, everybody. Bye. All right. Bye, Thank now. You guys.
Listen to Vintage House on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on WNUR 89.3 FM, WNUR.org, Facebook Live, and VintageHouseShow.com. Founders Plus Real Estate is a proud sponsor of Vintage House. Founders Plus, real estate advisors for professionals. Visit us at FindersPlus.com. Vintage House. 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 House.